When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is October 26th. This is episode number 221. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Uh, going okay, Rod. You know, I think on Sunday I said a few words that Jeremy's mom wouldn't have approved of. Um, yeah, probably not. Um, that was uh, that was a challenging game. <laughs> it's a hard game to watch. That's it why was. I didn't watch it. I quit. I quit watching it. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know what's going on. I, I can't sit down and enjoy a Browns game anymore. Just, it's so ridiculous the stupid things that happen um yeah it's almost um i I don't know it's almost like they're trying to give us entertainment like we're watching a movie and there has to be drama and everything in it you know twists and turns oh this Um, was unexpected yeah now let's have this happen um yeah i mean there were what like eight lead changes in that game i think yeah um yeah, it's like, yeah, for anybody who wasn't a Browns or a Colts fan, they're probably watching that game saying, man, that was a great game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who was a fan of either of those two teams, it was pretty agonizing. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, that's why I, I think I texted you af- afterward that, you know, that's the, the network and, and the, the league are probably real happy with, kind of, you know, those those kind of games where they're in doubt till the final 15 seconds. But yeah. It was just a, a, a giant mess. It was a disaster. I mean, it was a, a terribly played game on both sides. Um, and there was really nothing fun about it, in my mind. But at least well, we got the win. Yeah, I mean, there were a few fun things. So I'll tell you what I thought was fun here in a little bit um, when <laughs> we get into the game. Uh, just just a couple things. Yeah. There was a lot of bad things about it too, but um, we we usually start off with Browns news. But man, Jeff, the Browns news is pretty much you know the same every week now. Right. Um, when are we going to have our number one quarterback? Yeah, it's, it's Deshaun Watson's out. Um, you know, um, the Browns made a few minor roster moves and stuff. Um, you know rotating some running backs on the practice squad and things like that. Um, One thing that's interesting, and I don't know if there's any substance to it, but it's, you know, a lot of people talking about the potential of not only, you know, not 
not that the Browns would go after a major quarterback, but a lot of people talk about the potential of the Browns trying to get Jacoby Brissett back into Cleveland to to play when Watson's not able to play. So um, I'll be honest, I, I don't know how likely that is just from a possibility standpoint for the commanders if they would let him go or not. Um, yeah. But assuming they would let him go, what's your what's your thought on on uh you know, whether, you know, whether that would be a good move or not. Regarding Jacoby, first of all, I, I just, I, I want to address whether or not I think he's available. Um, yeah. And, and strange things happen, I guess. Strange, strange things happen. But um, if you look at the commanders, they've, I guess they've committed to Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam Howell was a fifth round draft choice in 22. Um, yeah. he, he was taken number 144. Uh, DTR uh, this year was taken 149. Okay, so so just to give you an idea what the commanders are working with there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, no, no offense to DTR, but we know where he is right now. Well, the the, the point is, is you don't expect a fifth round draft choice to be your starting quarterback. You don't, you're not going to build a franchise around a fifth round quarterback. Right. Right. Um, And, and they have, you know, Jacoby as the backup who's, you know, experienced in this league. Okay. But let's, let's be honest. His best year was with Cleveland last year in a a part-time role. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, then on, I think on the practice squad, they've got Jake Fromm, you know, who was another fifth round pick. And who's been with three teams in in three years? Yeah, he's, he's kicked around. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so why would the Commanders be anxious to move Jacoby Brissett? I, I I mean, for all the reasons that that we think we need to go get Jacoby Brissett, the the Commanders I think would be foolish to put their fortunes this year in the hands of two fifth round draft picks. Okay, with with very little league experience, why why would they do that? Okay, um, assuming they did, assuming that you know that that they're as dumb as we think they are, or some of our fans seem to think they are, and they can't wait to move off of Jacoby Brissett. Um, if we bring him back here, what does that do for our organization? Okay, well, number one, um, we we would revert back to the Jacoby Brissett offense of last year. Okay, which was um, going for it on fourth and one about six times a game because we can't move it on the first three downs. Okay. I, I think it's just interesting how, how people have a selective memory, you know, of, of how great Jacoby played for us. Yes. He played well. And, and he was, you know, th- this, this is aside from Jacoby, the person. Okay. Yeah. Terrific guy, terrific clubhouse guy, uh, real, you know, leader, but when you look at what our offense did in those games, okay, um, it was very limited. Jacoby can't throw the ball down the field. He had Nick Chubb to hand off to who could get a few extra yards after contact. We don't have anybody on our roster right now that can get yards after contact. Okay, so, yeah. so you know, put Jacoby in today's offense, Um and and with with Kevin Stefanski flipping every uh, knob and, and turning every dial and, and 
you know, putting him in the best possible situation, we're still less than a 20 point offense with Jacoby Brissett. So I don't yeah. see him as the savior. Long story short. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on the, the, uh, the change of the offense. Um, Jacoby, Jacoby can do, do some things, but, um, but, but yeah, passing the ball down the field is, is, uh, not one of them. Um, being extremely mobile is, is not one of them. Um, you know, he's got some mobility, but not like the other guys on this team right now. Um, so, so yeah, um, you know, he, he, he complimented our running game very well last year, I guess is the point. Um, he, he did. And they, they scored some points and right. he, you know, and, um, you know, he, he did what he was asked to do most of the time. Um, you know, he, he played pretty well most of the time. He didn't lose the game most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Um, yeah. And, and when you compare that to what we what we've seen at quarterback thus far, okay, I mean throwing out the Titans game, okay, mm-hmm. um, what we've seen at quarterback thus far is well below league average for quarterback play. Yeah. Um, it's it's been hard to watch our quarterbacks in in five of the six games, okay. Um, that is is. For, for an organization that's gone through as many quarterbacks as we have, to, to think that we're still getting that level of quarterback play week in and week out um, certainly justifies every fan of this team saying that, you know what, we need to go out and find another quarterback because yeah. it sucks. I mean, our quarterback play has been abysmal, again, other than one game. Okay, and and you know you can you can extrapolate that out to you know the the length of Deshaun Watson's contract, and people certainly have a right to be pissed off and, and yeah. say that no, you know, I agree. that we need to go find someone who can give us at least average quarterback play. And the, the problem is is that our running game is in shambles right now. You know, for us to be a, a run first team like we've been in recent history um, is really out of the question right now. We, we, we're not blocking well on the offensive line. Um, we're, we're just not creating holes. We're not getting into secondary blocks. And our running backs, for, for whatever reason, um, you throw out the one the 69-yarder or whatever it was last week by Jerome Ford, we're getting about a yard, a yard maybe two yards of carry on first mm-hmm. and second down. Yeah, and I mean, you give the defenses the Browns have played a little bit of credit because um, they played some good defenses. But but yeah, you're right. Um, you, you know, you got to put it on the offensive throw the line. ball down the field. What do you do? You stack the box, right? You, yeah. you take away the run on first and second down. You 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 dare that guy to throw. We've been watching this same story for 25 years now. Okay, that yeah. you know a team that can't throw the ball down the field can't get receivers open. Um, you know, your offense is going to stagnate and it doesn't matter who the players are, um, at that point, you know, who your quarterback is really doesn't matter. Um, you, you could bring in, uh, just about anybody at this point, And this offense is still going to stagnate until we get Deshaun Watson healthy. And until he yeah. can prove to us that, that that Titans game wasn't an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, yeah. I mean, PJ Walker's line in this game was, uh, 
Gosh, it, it looks almost identical to to the, the uh, line he put up against San Fran, other than he had the, the two picks in that game. He was right. uh, 15 for 32 for 178. I mean, I don't have that San Fran line in front of me, but mm. from what I remember, it was, it was almost the same. Yeah. Um, and that's probably his ceiling. Yeah. Uh, well, you know yeah, I mean? he was 18 to 34 for 192. So, yeah, almost <laughs> yeah. the same. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Definitely. So, Nothing um, that the defense has to respect. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, um, Ford had that big run. Um, Kareem scored a couple of touchdowns. No big no big yardage out of Kareem. Um, uh, and Joku and, and Elijah Moore both had uh, nice days receiving with 50-plus yards receiving, um, five and four catches respectively. Um, beyond that, um, nobody had more more than two catches. Um, the Browns, believe it or not, Jeff, only had four penalties in this game for for twenty yards. And I, and I know that any yeah. if we had a Colts fan listen, they'll say, yeah, yeah, they didn't call anything <laughs> on the Browns the whole game. And <laughs> that's why they won and everything else. Right. I would submit that the Browns won because they had Miles Garrett on their side. Um, well this game miles was miles was um certainly the difference defensively um the the strip sack in the end zone was the point differential um yeah and yeah if he doesn't make or the blocked field goal either one yeah yeah the or the blocked field goal there you go um so yeah 10 points pretty much on his own um or nine i guess um but um you know, even that to me was was a frustration because you see Miles making these great plays, but you also see him, him having two neutral zone infractions where he basically just stood up and let the play go, and we gave up huge plays. Yeah. You know, so, so. No, you're right. You're right. You know, gosh, I, I love seeing the you know the 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 amazing play. Um, the superhuman effort on certain plays, but man, just, just give me consistent effort throughout the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you. I agree. Um, yeah. And, uh, um, well, we'll get back to that one. Um, what other news was miles, uh, purchasing a minority stake in the calves. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. It was kind of cool. And um, not that we're going to talk about it, but um, are you able to see Cavs games now, Jeff? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Okay. No. I actually no. watched uh, some yeah. of the Cavs game last night, so it's interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think it's great. I mean, you know, Miles is, is, is investing in his community, um, and that, that says a lot. Um, yeah. He plans to be here, and um, – he loves basketball and he's, you know, he's close with that organization. He's been heavily involved with the Cavaliers the last couple of years. Um, and I guess it's, it's just an outlet for him, um, you know, basketball. And, and it, it's kind of funny that, you know, Stefanski said his playing career was, was over, you know, his basketball playing career was over when he hurt the toe. Right. But um, now he's got a career as an owner. Yeah. So I want to go back to the to the penalty stuff and the the talk 
over the um you know the the 49ers game and the uh and the Colts game okay mm, yeah. uh, there's a perception by people that that the Browns have really just gotten lucky these past right. two weeks they should have right. taken two losses um, right. you know whether it's a, you know I think people are blaming the officials you know the missed field goal um not taking anything in, else into account um you know the efforts by miles or anything like that or the fact that the Colts got some freebie points in this game you know to boot mm-hmm. um on the, on those plays you were talking about for miles um where where nobody was even making an effort to stop them right <laughs> You know, which isn't their fault. Um, it, what's what's your thought about this and the perception of other fans, of people around the league? Do we care or should we care what people think or, or is it just the record that matters? Yeah, I, I think this is an NFL problem um, that you know, we, we've complained about this for years that the difference between being, you know, two and four and four and two is a few calls that go one way or the other. Um, you know, this, this time it's worked in our favor, um, which is sort of hard to wrap our heads around because we're just not used to that happening. Um, but every fan base, you know, feels like there, there are calls that are determining games as opposed to the play on the field. And that's an NFL problem. Yeah, I think it happens a, every single week. There's at yeah. least a game or two. And, and I think it's by design. I think, you know, they they like the ambiguity of, you know, will will a call turn out this way or that way that, that still keeps the the outcome um, in suspense. And that's what that's where you end up with these last second wins and losses. You know, that that's what the NFL is going for. You know, so. Uh, the, the, just the fact that, you know, you can, you can watch a call or, or play in a, in a super slow motion and listen to the, the quote unquote rules expert, you know, breaking it down for you. And then the call in the field is the opposite mm-hmm. and they can come back and then make a case for why they called it the other way. I mean, that ambiguity, that, that lack of clarity, um, you know, baked into every single game keeps the suspense level high keeps the drama there and and it yeah just fans to sit on the edge of their seat and you know i i made the comment you know yeah so so great so we're we're sitting there for, for three and a half hours on the edge of our seat watching a stewing bucket of crap because the nfl <laughs> officials can't make a clear call and 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 I don't know. It, it to, to me, it's frustrating because you just want the players to be able to go out there and play and, and have some clear understanding, some clear definition of, you know, what the rules are. And, and they change it so much from year to year and they interpret things so much differently from year to year that you just don't know what it is anymore. And I don't think anybody does. Uh, well, that, well Jeff, Jeff, it changes week to week, depending on right. how you... Seriously, depending on how the officials are calling that game, depending on which officiating crew you get, um, it it literally does change week to week. I mean, the Browns just came from a game against 49ers where there was, what, 23 penalties or 25? 
Right, um, like a, know, league, a league high. Yeah, there were only 12 penalties in this game, which is still a lot. Yeah, but, and it's you still know, determined the outcome of the many. game. And, and yeah, it's still <laughs> determined the outcome. At right. least that's what people will will go yeah. away from this game saying and remembering. Right. And, and again, we, you know, we came away with two W's. So we should be, you know, we should be applauding that, that those calls went our way finally after all these years of them going against us. You know, oh. we were owed that by the league. No bullshit. Oops, sorry. Uh, put my put my dollar in the jar for Jeremy's mom. Oh, yeah. Um, no, the, the, <laughs> the issue is. We don't want to watch a clown show week in and week out. We we want to see players make plays and and play determine outcomes of games, not rules interpretations with the clock stopped. You know, the clock yeah. running should determine the outcome of the game, not with the clock stopped. I agree with you. I agree. Um, I mean, unfortunately, there are going to be close games where the officials are going to be put in spots where they're, you know, where they yeah. have to make calls, but, yeah, but yeah. they need to be consistent with them. And in today's NFL, they are not consistent. No, they just aren't. Um, so I understand people's frustration. Um, I mean, from a, from an overview, you know, uh, the Browns absolutely have some calls coming to them, you know, um, the Brown, I don't remember the last time the Browns won a game, you know, before this, where the Browns won a game on a questionable call. I'm sure yeah. it's happened, but it doesn't yeah. happen that way very often. So, right, right. so it's kind of refreshing, but I agree with you 100%. You want them to just be able to to win the game based on their play. Yep. So, well, we've danced around this long enough. Let's get to the to the special teams player of the week, Dustin Hopkins. <laughs> who 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 um, was four of four on Sunday, including three kicks from 50 plus. <laughs> and Jeff, we talked about this and we yeah. texted about it. Um, Dustin Hopkins did, making me look stupid. We didn't even expect him to be used much beyond 50. Well, I mean, okay. career career. He was he was, you know, 50 percent from beyond 50 yards coming, coming into this season. Well, he um, had like, he, had, he only had like 10 attempts beyond yeah, 50 or yeah. something. And, and, and the whole purpose of, you know, the, the kicking competition that he lost was, you know, to, to give them a kicker with more range because that was the, that was the knock against him, right. That he was, you know, reasonably yeah. accurate short, but he couldn't make long, long kicks. And, yeah. Now, you know, Indianapolis is is an ideal environment for a kicker. Um, and, sure. and, you know, he he doesn't have to to worry about, you know, uh, any of those other factors. Right. And in, in, in kicking just go up there and, and, and whack it. But, um, yeah, he, he is he has completely rewritten the narrative about what type of kicker he is now. And. I didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. Um, but <laughs> thank God it's working because <laughs> he's, I mean, you know, he, he's he's been scoring points for us every week. Yeah. What what kind of odds would you have gotten on him making a fifty yarder in five straight games? 
you know, before yeah, the season yeah, started. Yeah, um, I think they would have been astronomical if you'd have, yeah, if you'd have been able to get a, a line million, on that. Uh, yeah, just based yeah, on yeah. what he had done up to this point. Now, he's yeah. the first kicker in NFL history to do that. Right. And if we would have mentioned something like that, um, yeah, we would have gotten laughed, yeah, laughed out of, out of Cleveland. Yeah. Just goes to show you the unpredictability of NFL football. That's right. So, um, so yeah, he's he's been outstanding, and we're not yes. talking about him making these long kicks to put the whammy on him or anything. It's just because he's <laughs> he's done so well. So don't get mad about us talking about it. Now we're we're coming up to the part that I kind of teased on Twitter, and that is the fact that that there is a a record that is is I believe going to be broken this season. And that is the, is the points scored record for the Browns. Huh? Jeff. Dustin Hopkins has already scored 56 points in, in six games. Wow. So he, he is on a pace. If he would keep this pace up, uh, he would, he would score, 158 points this season. Okay, that's the kind of pace he's on through six games. Now, mm-hmm. you know, pace may not stay there, but you can see how many how many points he's putting up. He's kicking a lot of field goals. Yeah, um, scoring a lot of points. Do you have any idea what what kind of range the uh, the record is for the Browns for uh, points scored in a season, and who might hold that? <laughs> uh, I mean, couple. People come to mind. Probably, obviously, Jim Brown would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about all players, right? Not just kickers. Um, yeah, all players. So, just I the mean, mo- the most points scored in a season. The most points scored for me. I mean, Jim Brown would come to mind first. He, um, he is number one on the list. So, yeah. Uh, and then, guess who number two would be? Uh, number two, I'd say probably Matt Barr. Um, well, this, this is in a single season. So yeah, but Jim Brown is number one. And then the number two, the number two total is somebody other than Jim Brown. And it is a kicker. Okay. So it's, 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 um, somebody more recent. Okay. So maybe, uh, um, Phil Dawson. That's Phil Dawson. So, so in 1965, Jim Brown scored 126 points. Mm-hmm. And in 2007, Phil Dawson scored 120. Okay. So that just shows you how far ahead of the pace um, Hopkins, Hopkins is, is um, right he's now. He's on pace to obliterate that record. Yeah, he is. So, so that you know, um, it, we don't know if he'll keep up this pace, if it'll drop off, if he'll score more points in some games. You know, you you just don't know. He's, he's had some games where he's kicked a lot of field goals. Yeah. But you still have to think that his odds of of uh, scoring more than 126, you know, just just past a third of the way through the season are uh, well, are pretty good. Yeah, if we keep getting the kind of quarterback play we've been getting, I'd I'd say his his chances are outstanding. That he's going to kick at least four the, field goals per game. The, yeah, he could. Yeah, he could be kicking <laughs> a lot of field goals. He may score 200 points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I just I just came across that when I looked at his total of 56, and I thought, you know, that's a lot of points. So I started yeah, that's, digging. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, he he could easily do that. Right. And well, and we did yeah. say we weren't going to have a running offense this year. Right? You know, who would have predicted we'd have a field goal offense? 
Who would have thought that we would have a kicker that could break one of Jim Brown's records? <laughs> after after the kicker kickers we've had recently. Yeah. Yeah. So right. so yeah, it was a a tough game, but uh but yeah, I mean we made it through and we got a win. Yeah. So hey. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the um, seeing the kicking, um, seeing some of the the uh, just the show that Miles put on and coming away with the win, um, still made it a somewhat positive experience for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, we're, we've we've we're still in this roller coaster part of of you know of the season where you know one game the the the, the defense dominates and then the next game it's like they, they take the week off um yeah. i would really like to see some consistency um somewhere anywhere um yeah. <laughs> you know we, we thought the beginning of the schedule was going to be a little bit rough um and it would take us a while to have things come together but my goodness um it, it's you know it's beyond time now to start you know playing clean football yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, let's move on to the game coming up on uh, on Sunday. And this is a um, was it four four thirty game? I think uh, in Seattle gets mm-hmm. the gets the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, Seahawks are four and two also, and they are favored in this game uh, by by the home field advantage three and a half. Yeah, uh, I was looking at the. Uh, at their schedule up to this point, Jeff, and they um, they started out by losing to the Rams. Um, then they beat yeah. the Lions. Uh, then they got a win against Carolina, a win against the Giants. Um, neither one of those impressed me. Um, yeah, I was looking at their, their last three wins, Rod. Um, and the Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, their last three wins are against teams that have a combined record of 3-17. and 17. Yeah, yeah. All right, so so yeah, you give them some credit for beating the Lions. You know, if you that if you had if you didn't two. watch the Lions Ravens game, yeah. Um, and then they yeah they they lost to the Bengals coming off their bye, um, seventeen thirteen. So don't know what to right. make out of that, but um, but yeah, um, I'll give you a couple of my thoughts, Jeff, and then um, whatever you want to add in here. I mean, um, a couple of things that I think play into the Browns favor here is that the the Seahawks have allowed um, 23 sacks this season in six games so I kind of like that number yeah against the Browns defense and um, what else was I looking at um, the uh, they don't um, they've only rushed for 636 yards too so they're yeah. only rushing for like 100 yards um you know a game they they like to throw the ball so um if you're the browns defense you want teams trying to throw the ball against you right so sure so that's kind of what i like so yeah depending on you know which which defense shows up but um right typically yeah we we want we want teams to throw against us yeah yeah so um and and i'm not sure that you know geno smith is is the guy who's going to take apart our secondary um seahawks are, are kind of beat up also on offense i mean they, they might be the 
one of the few teams in the league that's got more injuries on the offensive side of the ball than we do. Um, their mm-hmm. their line is pretty beat up. Um, their wide receivers are beat up. Um, Walker may or may not play, um, and they might be down to their third running back. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting a you know a uh, Hall of Fame caliber type of offensive effort on either side of the ball this Sunday. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be about, you know, does, do we get back onto the right side of that defensive cycle where our defense dominates in, in that case, you know, they score some points and, you know, PJ protects the ball enough to, you know, give us a slight margin of victory. Uh, but if all those things don't line up, um, you know, it's hard to, to travel to the West coast and play a four o'clock game. And, you know, early, yeah. early on looking at the schedule, I, I thought this was probably going to be one of the challenging games for us. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You can't um, you can't just expect a win in any of these West Coast games. Right. Um, it doesn't matter who you're playing, really, just because just because of the trip and um, what, you know, that time change and just what it does to these guys. Um, I, I know it's always challenging. I think it gets pretty loud in Seattle, too, um, as I recall, um, if the fans <laughs> still like their team. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. So. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you really have to hope that the that the defense is is ready to step up. Um, it sounds like they like the Seattle offense is ripe for being shut down. And mm-hmm. if the defense can do that, then hopefully the Browns offense can do enough in this game. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's one of those games where you're again, seems like we're having quite a few of these now where they're just they're just kind of hoping for somebody to step up on offense, you know, whether, right. you know, and, right. in, in you know, before it's, you know, we were hoping that uh, Jerome Ford could have a good game. Now, now you hope that Kareem or, you know, maybe Pierre Strong gets gets more carries and maybe he flashes a little bit. Um you know, or, or maybe PJ Walker's just, you know, just starts to play a little bit better because he got a little bit more time and, and, uh, you know, he's just a little more comfortable, not getting pressured quite as much. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to need David and Joku to have a 10 catch game or something like that. I mean, we're, we're going to need those kinds of yards in this game because yeah. I don't think Seattle's going to let us run the ball. Um, I, I think they're going to make PJ beat them, and he's going to have to do it. That. Yeah. He's going to do it on quick hitting stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. One other stat: um, Seattle, Seattle only has 13 sacks on the season. I mean, the Browns have 20, so it's not like mm-hmm. a, a huge, huge difference. But um, you know, I, I think that uh, I don't have any stat as far as you know number of QB pressures or anything like that. So I don't know exactly. I I haven't seen him play this year, Jeff. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give you one other quick stat. Um, the uh, turnover battle. Browns have turned the ball over 14 times this year. Seahawks have turned it over three. Okay. Yeah, Seahawks uh, are plus one. Browns are minus six. Yeah. yeah. If if we don't start valuing the football, we're not going to keep getting getting these close wins. The only reason that, that we were able to pull out that, that win in, in Indy was – because of the turnovers that our defense created, our offense yeah. has to start valuing the football. 
I I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, how many times can you can you have your quarterback? Um, and and it's not just the quarterback. You know, it's been other turnovers too. But have your quarterback uh, throw two interceptions, no touchdown passes in a game in a row, and, and not and, <laughs> and, you know, and come right. away with a win. And win. It's just right. not going to happen that often. And, right. and Browns have done it twice, two games in a row. Yeah. So so yeah, it's stuff that just doesn't normally happen. But, On the backs uh, of, of of a defense that um, just refused to lose, basically. Um, even two, though two games in a row, yeah. yeah even though you know the, this this past week the defense was you know not sound in many other areas. Um, you know they they did put points on the board, which is something I've been asking them to do all season long. Um, and I'm thankful that they did that. I just wish they hadn't forgot to do everything else. <laughs> they they had a couple mistakes. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, yeah. The uh, let's see the. Going back to last week, Jeff, the over-under in that game was 40, and the Browns scored 39 points. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Colts uh, Colts had 38, yeah. None of us saw an over in that game. No. um, I guess guess Nick had the highest point total, so we're going to give him the win. He had a 24-14 Browns. Mm-hmm. So that's the closest. So uh, nice job, Nick, and and uh, the guest wins as as usual. Right. <laughs> that's the uh, it was the the Pittsburgh game was was an over also right or was it no, it was forty eight mm-hmm. that, that that must have been an over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the two games that I would not have predicted to be overs um, early on, um, you know, the Steelers game and, and the Colts game, I figured would have been uh, defensive struggles and yeah for for those to be to, for those to be overs just it shows you again how how ridiculous the nfl is yep totally agree so um yeah i mean this uh i i really don't know what to expect in this game jeff because you just don't know what you're going to get from offense you know, yeah, from the Browns on offense, and and I'm sure the Seahawks fans are probably thinking the same thing. They, you know, they're probably hoping that they have enough guys left on offense to to score some points. <laughs> right. Um. So so yeah, I mean, this game screams under. Yeah. Um, the over under is 38, which almost seems high in this situation. Um, yeah. You know. But, uh, but yeah, Seahawks uh, favored by three and a half. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens and, and uh, hope the Browns can squeak out another one or, or just maybe just win one, you know, maybe just win one outright. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. Yeah. I don't. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I don't have a lot of other thoughts on this game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping the Browns are ready. I'm hoping the defense kind of goes in with a chip on their shoulder after that indie game. Yeah. Um, just just that they keep looking at that those 38 points they gave up. Right. And says, yeah, that's not us. Yeah. This, and and this they're ready to shut somebody down. Should be a bounce back week for the defense. That's that's been the trend. Is you know every other week. Um, so, you know, that, that pattern holds, um, 
this will probably be a very low scoring game for for Seattle. And, you know, looking looking at what we've done offensively, um, I, I don't expect us to, to be much better. Yeah, I would agree with you. So uh, we won't belabor things here, Jeff. You want you ready to give a score prediction for this game? <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to put some numbers together in my head here. Um, I think that the Colts are or the, yeah, the, the Seahawks are probably going to score a couple of field goals and, and we're probably going to, we're probably going to turn the ball over to them again um, and, and give them a, give them a score somehow with our offense. I just, I don't feel confident that our offense can take care of the football. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking 13 plus or minus for the Seahawks. Um, and you know, our offense, geez, I, I don't know, maybe, Maybe ten. I think we're going to lose thirteen to ten. We'll cover. We'll cover with the three and a half. Okay. So you got Seahawks. All right. Okay. I I'm going to I'm going to almost flip that score. I've got I've got the Browns winning sixteen uh, ten on 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 three Dustin Hopkins field goals. He keeps the he keeps that energy going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as uh, March toward that toward that record. Um, oh man! Yeah, I think uh, I th- I think the Browns' offense will do just enough. I I think um, I th- I just have a feeling that Pierre Strong's gonna not have a big game, but I have a feeling he'll break a run or two in this game and end up with with you know somewhere 60, 80 yards, something like that. Um, to kind of yeah. help the Browns out a little bit. So um, I don't even – I think Kareem will probably end up with more carries, but Pierre Strong will have a have a nice run or two because um, he's going to be asked to to carry the ball a little bit more in this game, and I think his, I think his speed will help him break a couple. Um, don't know if he's going to score or not, but uh, – We'll see, and and I'm with you, Jeff. If if Njoku can have a big game, I think that would be important because um, I I don't know. Um, seeing Amari Cooper shut down last week was kind of kind of frustrating. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, between Njoku, Cooper, and Moore, um, at least two of those guys have to step up yeah. for the Browns, uh, yeah. Browns to be able to win. So. Well, yeah, I mean, P- PJ now has a couple of games under his belt. Um, you know, he's he's taken taking most of the first team reps now. Um, he should be able to settle into more of a game manager type mode. Um, yeah. But just just watching him play, um, he's just got that same tendency to to try to extend a play a little too long. And, mm-hmm. and force things and, and it, you know, it, it turns into a big mistake. Um, yeah. If he can minimize those things and just use the tools that he has, um, you know, David Njoku is a big target that, you know, he can get the ball too quickly. I think you have to build your offense around those kinds of plays in a game like this and just try to survive it. You know, and like you said, just, just do enough um, and, 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 don't do the bad things that are going to yeah. keep you from winning. Um, That's right. You know, keep this game close, and then you know, hopefully your defense can 
can stand up and help you win it again. When you have a great defense, a great punter, and a, and, you know, and, and a kicker who's been great, you yeah. know, you have to use those tools. Right. Um, you don't have to go out there and try to try to necessarily win it on every drive with your offense. Mm-hmm. So let those let those other guys do what they're good at. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hope for another one. Uh, <laughs> five, five and two would, would be nice. Yeah. Well, no, I, I've been saying this every week, Rod, that, you know, the, this this first part of the schedule, I didn't expect a lot. Um they're ahead of the pace that that I envisioned. Um, I mean, I, I really only expected them to win three of the first six games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're already a game ahead of that pace. And, you know, I kind of figured this Seattle game was going to be tough. It's, it's, you know, once we get into mid to late November and, and you know, get people healthy, that's when you want to really start stringing the wins together. Um, it's still possible that that can happen. Um, but man, the, 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 the thing that we couldn't control coming into this season was the luck component. You know, we've had some luck yeah. with the officiating. We just have not had luck with health. Yeah. And you know, that's just nothing you can do about that. You know, it's no, just, not at all. it just, it, it is what it is. If you, you got to run the guys out there that you have, and as a coaching staff, you got to try to get the, the most out of them. Um, Kevin Stefanski has a history of getting the absolute best out of the quarterback that he has, um, in, in spite of limitations. And yeah. y- you hope that he can work that kind of magic with PJ um, while we're waiting for whatever the hell's going to happen with DW to work itself out. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and maybe uh, maybe game three with PJ will be, uh, you know, maybe maybe like you said, maybe he'll be a little more settled in. Uh, yeah. Maybe just just like just that much better. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna take it. Those were your closing remarks, unless you have something else <laughs> you want to add, Jeff. <laughs> the only other thing I want to add, Rod, is you know I, I made the statement that. Um, this whole DW thing um, is is starting to give me Keith Hernandez vibes, and I just want to <laughs> clarify what I mean by that. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Um, Keith Hernandez took a big contract. I mean, in, in, in you know, 1980s dollars versus today's dollars, it was a big contract back then. Okay, yeah. uh, a couple couple million dollars. Um, to, to come to the Indians and be that veteran leader, the guy who was, you know, who knew how to win, who was going to help the organization legitimize itself and, and be contender. Right. And, and uh-huh. for whatever reason that didn't happen and he got paid, but he didn't perform. And, he barely played. Right. Right. And, and, you know, there were a lot of questions about, you know, his commitment to the game and would he rather be in New York partying than, you know, training with the baseball team and so forth. There were a lot of questionable, you know, couldn't play because of injury type of things. 
and you see those kinds of parallels now, right? So you don't you don't blame the fans for wondering, okay, um, mm-hmm. you know, is is this guy really bought into the organization or not? And after a season and a half, you know, of, of one excuse after another, it's natural to wonder what will you what will you ever get out of this guy? And I think the only way that he's going to put that to rest is he's got to play and he's got to play well and he's got to win yeah. games. Yeah. And until he does, uh, whether that's, you know, a week from now or five weeks from now, um, you're not going to change the narrative from the fan base that this is a guy who took a shit ton of money. Excuse me there. There we go again, Jeremy um, right. took a lot of money from, you know, our ownership out of desperation, you know, our, 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 we've tried to find a franchise quarterback for 20 plus years unsuccessfully. You could make an argument, you know, here and there, but unsuccessfully that, that, you know, to find a long-term franchise quarterback. And this move was a move of desperation by our organization. Looking at, you know, what we have everywhere else on the roster and looking at a win window now let's go and get an established, successful veteran quarterback. And, you know, the fact that, that we're a year and a half into it now and we've not gotten really much of any return at all on that investment um, is, is about the most Browns thing, you know, you could have that, you know, we could, we could, it's like the, the, the Jets bringing in Aaron Rodgers and getting three snaps out of him. You know, I mean, it's a Jets thing. Yeah, I, it, it I just it just happens. And and, you know, whether he ever pays us back for that contract or not, um, this narrative of, you know, he doesn't want to play and he's not tough and all those kinds of things. Um, it just reflects on the fact that our organization is so used to being disappointed. Mm-hmm. Our fan base is, has has just become so jaded that we're looking for reasons to be disappointed. And yeah. we've got a great defense and we've got, you know, like you said, one of the best kickers in the league now and, you know, all these other things going for us. Right. But 100 percent of the conversation is around, you know, when's our quarterback going to play? Right. We're, you know, we're four and two. We're, we're way ahead of schedule. Right. But it's all when's our quarterback going to play, and that is just such a loser mentality. But that's where we are as an organization, and until we do something different, it's not going to change. Yep, totally agree. Right. This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time.